Hey, this is Elvin and this is the Elvin Po Show. Today, we're going to cover some of the questions that you sent in and I'll be answering them. These questions range from personal to business questions. So I think it's going to be fun. The first question is, have I participated in any marathons or Ironmans? Uh, this is kind of cool because as a kid, way back, I used to think that fitness and working out was all about running and I spent so much time running. Back then, I wasn't in the best shape. I wasn't even a sporty kid. So I had a bit of fat. In fact, I was part of my school's tough club. Uh, that's the club that they put you in when you are overweight. And I love it because it's TAF, standing for trim and fit. But, you know, I'm pretty sure somebody was, you know, trolling and making fun of the name because it literally stands for FAT backwards. Anyways, I was spending a lot of time running because that was my only frame of reference that, you know, fit people ran. And I ran and ran and ran, almost feeling like Forrest Gump sometimes because any time I had free time, I would just go out and I'll spend half an hour, one hour, sometimes one and a half hours just running. Now that got me to lose fat, but it also got me to lose weight. And I found that body shape, that physique, wasn't something that I was looking for. Only afterwards did I find out more and do some more research into running and you know all the various forms of fitness. That's when I realized that running or cardio in general are mostly catabolic. That means it breaks down cells and muscles. And it wasn't something that I wanted for my physique. So in terms of marathons and Ironmans, I participated in half marathons before, I've ran long distances before, but it turned out to be not the kind of exercise that I wanted. These days, I do a lot more weightlifting. In fact, I primarily do weightlifting with very, very little running or any running at all, actually. And this is something that I also see in the top athletes in those fields. The marathoner's physique, that's not what I'm looking for. Whereas, you know, the weightlifting physique is something more in line with what I want in terms of fitness and aesthetics. So yeah, hope that answers that question. The second question is about generative AI. How is it relevant to entrepreneurs and what business you think is safe with it? The one core thing that I think all entrepreneurs, especially more successful entrepreneurs should have is being resourceful, being uh, able to make use of resources at their disposal. Generative AI or any form of AI, which is currently trending right now, uh, is a resource. And when you look at it, it's no different from the people that you have, the uh, finances that you have, or any other resources that you have at your disposal at, as an entrepreneur. And with generative AI, it is like any other industry trend. We've seen this happen before. When the internet came around, the internet was something new. The, nobody knew what the internet was. Nobody appreciated what the internet was. When mobile apps and mobile phones came along, and when I mean mobile phones, I meant like the first version of mobile phones that were big, clunky, and like was bigger than a, a shoe uh, with an entertainer. That was the very first versions of mobile phones all the way to the iPhones that we have these days. That was a big shift as well. Suddenly, computing was no longer 
uh, at your desktop, but like in uh, your hand. So all these technological and societal changes do mean shifts in the way that we think and the way that we deploy and use resources. But it doesn't mean that it's going to cut out business, it's going to end jobs, it's going to you know, change the world as we know it. It's going to evolve things. And as entrepreneurs, I think what needs to be done is looking at all these resources and figuring out how best to utilize it. How best does this serve the kind of vision that we have? So uh, no matter what business you have, I think it's something that you need to go through, whether you're a new business, whether you're a modern business, whether you're a traditional business, whether, whether you're brick and mortar or whether you're internet. That's something that I think all businesses need to consider. The third question, what helps you reorientate yourself when you find your focus slipping? Big fan of caffeine here. I love caffeine because it helps me stay alert and focus. I remember as a kid when I was growing up, I had all these things at school that I needed to be part of uh, CCAs or co-curricular activities. I was part of the Boy Scouts and that meant that every Saturday, instead of you know, being at home or playing or, or whatever it is that I could be doing, I was in school at 6am because I was doing Boy Scouts activities, building structures in the school field or tying knots or reading about stuff. And every single time I did that, I went for those activities, I would feel so tired. Uh, and it wasn't just the Boy Scouts. Sometimes I would go for sporting events and you know the energy levels were high, you know, people were all around and you know they're taking part in the activities. But I was yawning and I was feeling lethargic and I was sleepy. I didn't know why. I thought it was just because I didn't sleep enough. It was only after that that I discovered coffee and it was this magical thing that just opened up my eyes because once I started taking coffee and discovered caffeine, it suddenly just woke me up. And ever since then, I'm a, I've been a big fan of caffeine. I've been taking it in my pre-workouts when I work out. I've been taking, out, taking it in my coffee or energy drinks uh, just because it works for me. Now, I know a lot of people don't have that same reaction to caffeine. My, some of my friends, they can't take caffeine. They're, they're too sensitive or it doesn't work for them or it works too well for them and they become too jittery. Uh, but for me, that's something that helps me in my focus, in my work. The fourth question is, monthly profit margins are low. The business is facing heavy rental costs and manpower costs. How do you increase revenue, I guess, or profits maybe is the question. And for this, I would go back to the business model. This is why business pivots are so crucial. Not all businesses can survive in the current business model that they are in. It needs to change. When I was 17 years old, when we, my co-founder and I started Vodian, it was a service-based business. We were doing service-based work, websites, designed for the clients that we were serving at that point of time. And for us, it wasn't something that was scalable or sustainable because we were still students and we were juggling school and work. That couldn't grow or could, couldn't grow at the kind of pace or ability that we wanted it. We were constrained by time. So we needed to look at the pivot. The pivot was to pivot from a service-based business to a product-based business. And we literally changed from being a web design company to a web hosting company. Uh, that 
helped us tremendously because we could now manage our time better, which was a scarce resource, and we could start increasing the customers that we served. That is a, an example of a business pivot, and that's something that you, know, you should consider if you are facing these constraints and feeling like there's, there's this glass ceiling and plateau that your business is hitting. The next question is, how to differentiate your business when competitors always copy what you do? And I love this question because it's something that I think a lot of people are fearful of and justifiably so. But I want you to consider the alternative. The alternative is nobody copies you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody gives a damn, right? And that's also a very, very scary position to be in because it shows that you're not in a position that is worth copying. You're not in a position that, you know, is worth anybody giving a damn. And that's scary. That's super scary. If you ask me, I would rather, rather, much rather prefer myself to be in a market that's highly competitive and saturated than a market that has like no competition at all. Why? Because everything is based on supply and demand. And if there is no supply, then there's no demand. And you know, the vice versa is probably true as well. So if your business is being copied by your competitor, that's a good thing. Uh, I want you to focus back into the unique selling points that your business has. What are the pain points, the problems that you are solving for your customers? Do it better, do it faster, do it cheaper, and you're always going to stay ahead with your competitors. Your competitors can try to, to copy you, but they're not going to succeed. Even they do, you need to try to push yourself to constantly deliver on all those pillars that you know, make your business stand out and make your business different from anyone else. That is your key prerogative as an entrepreneur. And the next question is, what are my six month, 12 month, and two year goals, both personally and financially? I think that's important. I think that's a great way of phrasing things. That's a great way of looking at things because I am a big proponent of being intentional. If there's one thing that I think entrepreneurs need in order to succeed, and a lot of times what business leaders lack is really the need to be intentional. And that's knowing why you're doing the things you're doing and where you're headed to. That's one of the frameworks that we use at Superscaling as well, when we mentor our entrepreneurship clients, and that's simply knowing the vision and the direction that you're headed to. Because there's so many things that's on your plate, so many things that you're gonna be able to do, to be busy with, to distract you. And if you're not clear about what your destination is, then literally any road will lead you there. So I like this question a lot. In the four stage future, we break things down into four stages. One, the overall vision. What is the, that, what is the final destination that you want to get to? And then we work backwards from there. What happens in the five to seven years before that? What happens in the three to five years before that? And what happens in the one to three years before that? And with that in place, you can now find out what actions you need to take today so that you can actually get there. That is the four stage future. And, and that is literally similar to this, uh, what this question is asking. So for myself, my personal goals, my financial goals, uh, there are several. Personally, fitness is a big part of what I do. I like fitness because of two main things. One is my you know, general health and fitness, being able to be functional, being able to have the strength, the mobility and the agility, uh, no matter what my age is. 
Uh, and two, aesthetics. It gives me the confidence, the self-esteem uh, to know that I have the discipline and the motivation and the ability to stick to financial or rather fitness systems to get to the goals that I have. Personally, I also want to build relationships, both you know, romantic relationships that I have as well as the friends and the family around me so that I have these strong connections, these, these strong communities uh, that I am part of. Personal relationships also are a big, big thing for me, romantic relationships, I mean. In the past, I used to jump from relationship to relationship. My relationships will last two years and then, you know, the question is, what's going to happen next? Well, if you don't know where your destination is, if you don't know what your vision is, that's what's going to happen. I found that out the hard way. After that, I took five years to be single uh, just so that I could know who I was, what I like, what I dislike, what my preferences are, what my goals are, and then attract and find somebody that I could be partners with and be in a relationship with. Financially, I have many goals as well. Financially, I don't want to be managing my own financial portfolio. Um, I tried that. I know I can make it work, but it takes up mind space. And in the four categories of freedom, of finance, location, time, and mind space, I don't want to have that mind space taken up by managing my financial portfolio. I want to make sure the professional is there taking care of that for me. Now that might be different for you. You just have to be clear about what your financial goals are and coming up with the most sustainable long-term solution for you to get there. Financially, I will classify business as part of it also. Now business is a big thing for me. When I was traveling the world full-time after my company's exit, I had a lot of time to introspect and reflect. Those were the days that I literally had to wake up and find out what is it that I wanted to do for the rest of the day. When you have that time, I think it really gets you in a place where you can start questioning a lot of the things that you thought were important, a lot of the things that you thought you had to do. And for me, when I discovered what was truly important to me, I started realizing that entrepreneurship meant a lot to me, not because it was a way to make money, but because it's a way for me to live out the best version of myself. And this is what I mean. There are two things that I think changed my life and made me into who I am today. One was education, and the second was entrepreneurship. Now, education is not just about degrees or university. Education is literally any assimilation of knowledge, like anywhere. It could be through library books, it could be through YouTube videos, it could be through mentors, your friends, your parents, anything. As long as it's structured, as long as there's a goal behind that education. For me, again, it came from everywhere. And if I had not had that education, again, I would not be who I am today. So education was really important. That's why I sponsored a scholarship fund in Singapore Management University. Uh, it doesn't have to be a university, by the way, but I felt that was one of the major turning points in my life. So I made that contribution. And that's something that I think creates that kind of impact in the education space for me. Two is entrepreneurship. My family was a working class family. Uh, my parents never had enough to wildly or extravagantly you know, spoil us. We had a roof, we had food. Sometimes we would go on vacations too, but typically just around the region in Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Malaysia. Uh, that was the kind of life that I had. And so if I had anything that I wanted to do, anything that I wanted to 
buy anything that I wanted to, you know, enjoy, I had to find money for that myself. So business became something that was a means rather than an end. And for me, when I realized that business was much more than that, that completely changed my, my perspective of what it means to be a business owner. Vodian again started as a means of getting more pocket, pocket money, a means of getting income. But then my co-founder and I realized that so many of these customers, I can even say all of the customers that we served, really relied and depended on us to create a kind of service, that product that they needed and they relied on. Their web hosting, their email hosting, basically having their websites and emails hosted by us allowed them to run the businesses that they, they had without worrying about whether it was up, whether it was secure, whether it got hacked, whether it was you know, laggy or slow. You know, these are the things that you had to do as a web hosting provider. And for us, we saw that as a great responsibility, not at the start, but eventually. And that transformed the way we looked at business. I want that, I want that same impact in whatever business that I do. But I want my business to support the kind of lifestyle that I want as well. That means having the four kinds of freedom, in financial, location, time, and mind space. With these business goals, I want to create that, that community of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, just like myself, will share the same view that their business is not just a, a means of making money, that their business is a means of creating the impact to their customers, that trickle down to the teams that support the business and to the partners of the business. If you think about just the employees in your business alone, it's not, it's not just the employees, it's also the livelihood of their family, it's, it's also taking care of their loved ones. And that's what you realize as a business owner as the business starts to grow. So many people depend on the business, it's never about you anymore. That is entrepreneurship to me. And I think that's really important to start growing and being really deliberate and intentional. So both in a personal and financial sense, I think these are my goals. I wanna make sure that uh, I have the appropriate roadmaps uh, with the four stage future in each of these categories so that I can start hitting them so that I know whether I'm on track or off track and whether or not I need to make any pivots along the way. Uh, that's, what, that's what's important to me. The next question is a business question. It's a question asking me if it is worthwhile to build a SaaS business using a white labeling model and the cons of potentially exiting when you are you know, having a business model like that. Um, I think white labeling works, but in some cases. So SaaS businesses are software, software businesses. SaaS stands for software as a service. And there are some businesses that are based and built on white label software. Now, I think that's great, but it can't be your core. That means if your whole business is based on that one product, then I don't think you have much of a difference or much of a unique selling point that you can bring to the table versus everyone else that has that. But if it is something that is secondary to your business, if it's something that is an ancillary function that you are providing as an added value service or added value product to your customers, I think that's a great idea. Vodian started off as a web hosting reseller. We were white labeling and reselling hosting services from other people. That was okay because you know that wasn't what our core was. Our core back then when we started 
was all about web, web de website design. And website design was, you know, designing websites for people. Coincidentally, you know, these people, once they had their websites, needed to host them somewhere. And we didn't have the funds nor the capability to build hosting products on our own. So we merely resold them. We took other people's products and then we resold them. So that's viable because that's not your core product. Uh, but as we transited to become a full-fledged hosting provider, we couldn't rely on that anymore. Reselling other people's products meant that you were relying on them, you had to depend on them for support, for service, for uptime, for reliability, for product development, for how the product evolves and develops. Now, that is something that you shouldn't have to depend on if you are the product owner, if you wanted to control the experience that your customers get. So I don't think that's a good idea if that is your core, uh, but you can definitely do this. And this happens in all fields, all industries. If you are an agency that does marketing for your clients, sure, you can have a CRM system or you can have a landing page system or you can have a website design system that's you know white labeled. Totally cool because your core is on the marketing services that you provide. If you are an agency, a PR agency, Sure, you can have a white label system to maybe generate press releases or to do outreach. Again, I think that's fine because your core is the services that you're providing, the branding, the PR services. Uh, that's not what these software, these white labeled software do for you. So I think that's an important point to note um, before you actually create a business that's based on a white label software. So the next question is, at what point do you choose to sacrifice healthy profit margins for potentially higher profits? And well, I don't know exactly what this question means, but I know what happened in my journey. And at one point of time in Vodian, we were making healthy profits personally as business owners because we were the only people in the company or we had even, even with a small team, you know, that was what was happening. Now, if you want to grow your business, you have to start spending. You have to start investing. Investments need funding. That funding can come from you or can come from external parties. We chose to do it from our own, own pockets. Investing into the business meant that we had to lower certain things. We had to lower the dividends. We had to lower uh, even our income so that we could invest. What do we invest in? We invest in people. We invest in training of those people. We invest in software, infrastructure, anything that causes the business to grow in its cap uh, capability as well as its capacity. That meant sacrificing. So if you're looking at growing your business and if you have a clear direction forward, you definitely need to sacrifice. You, you definitely need to reduce the amount of money that you are looking at for your own personal profits in order for the greater good, in order for you to achieve that vision that you have. Here's the last question that we got. It's a more personal question, I think. Here's what it says. Hey, I'm an avid investor, you know, been exchanging active income for, you know, to buy assets and that's great. But then it continues, you know, but lately I've been feeling discontent and unfulfilled in my active job. I can just leave, yet I fear the uncertainties ahead. What do I do? That's a great question. I think it will, it's, it's some, something that everyone goes through. Personally, 
I believe a lot in putting myself in a zone of discomfort because I feel that that is when you are starting to push your boundaries, that is when you are starting to test your limits and that's when you are actually doing something that's worthwhile. If we, if we stay in our zone of comfort, nothing happens because we are comfortable. We know what's happening, we know our capabilities, we know the result and if you do anything in life, you know that that isn't fun. If you play games, if you, if you use walkthroughs and cheats, you know that's not fun. If you, if you run, uh, if you have a career and you're working at a job, if everything is known, that's not fun too. Uh, it, be it becomes stale, it becomes boring, it becomes repetitive. So my take on this is to really understand what drives you and what you're trying to do. The tool that I use is the four stage future to know your why, to know where you're headed to and to understand whether or not your current situation is a situation that allows you to get there. If you have a vision way out in the future, in say five to seven years, it's what you're doing right now, whether it's in your current job, whether it's in your current situation, is that something that's, that's going to allow you in five to seven years time, get to where you want to go ultimately. And that is how I look at things. Because if you realize that there's no path for you to get from where you are today to where you want to go, then something has to change. This is the same whether it's for business or for your personal professional career. It is something that we have to take a risk on. We, it is something that we have to take uncomfortable action on. Uh, but ultimately, with the knowledge that it will get us somewhere that we want to go. This has been another episode of the Elvin Pro Show. Hopefully you see my answers to the questions and gives you a, and hopefully that gives you an insight. All that I ask from you is to leave a comment. Drop me a comment, ideally here or you know, on my socials, uh, to let, you, let me know what you think and if you have any further questions that I can help you with. Uh, that's all I ask from you. Uh, please remember to like, share, subscribe, send this to a friend who might benefit. And I look forward to seeing you in another episode. Take care.